You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. My name is Reverend Venita. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm one of the co-pastors here of Teaching and Community. Um, Shout out to our virtual community who continues to join us from all around the world. We are so happy to have you. And big shout out to all of our volunteers who come out every Sunday and help us uh, set up the space and help us with this phenomenal worship experience that God has allowed us to have. So... Thank you to Alicia um, as she talked about um, the benefit concert. I was really excited to hear that because there's going to be a bit about that in my sermon today. So, yay. (laughs) So, many of you had the opportunity to talk about your happy place. And my happy place, if you read in the newsletter this week, uh, would be any cafe here or abroad. Exhibit A. So I had the opportunity to hang out with Ian um, in Inglewood, California on Friday. Uh, so I was at a, play, a cafe called Sip and Sonder. Uh, Ian used to come to our church. Uh, they relocated back to the West Coast. Um, they feel the same way about cafes as I do. So it was a, it was a lovely one-on-one. And the reason that cafes are my favorite place is because, hey, they have such a chill vibe. I love the art on the wall. I love the music. One of my favorite types of music in a cafe would be the French lounge music. I love jazz as well. Now, I don't really know French, but that music gets me every time. I love the books. I love the rustic feel in some of them. And I'm sort of talking about more of the the independent cafes. I mean, no shade to Starbucks or anything. I mean, I I feel good there too, but my happy place tends to be uh, the independent ones. And I I love the selection of teas. Um, I love drinking tea. Um, I know that tea has so many medicinal values. Um, And the thing about cafes is that you can be to yourself or you can really feel connected to community in a cafe. It's, it's a very, very special place. There's something about them that I find nourishing, uplifting, and actually healing. I can feel a shift in my spirit when I actually enter cafes. I remember going to Washington, D.C. to Busboys and Poets and having it, yeah, and Love, love, loved walking in there, and I had the same feeling, and it was wonderful to learn all of the things that they do there. They bring so many different cultures, so many different people together, and unite people in so many different ways. Much like prayer, cafes invite my mind, my body, and my spirit into a place of calm and restoration. It's the atmosphere that makes the difference for me. And today we're talking about prayer changing the atmosphere. Cafes ground me and help me breathe, and they actually 
Welcome Me Home, as Dr. Tama Bryan highlights on the Homecoming podcast. If you've never had an opportunity, I invite you to check out Dr. Tama's podcast. She is the president of the American Psychological Association. She's a professor at Pepperdine, and she's a clinical psychologist and an ordained minister. As we consider prayer changing the atmosphere, we're first reminded of some of the things I shared last week as we talked about prayer. Prayer, for all intents and purposes, would be communication with God or communication with our creator. And we can practice prayer in any place, whether it's in a church or out in nature, nature or in our homes. And one of the things that we talked about last week is that we don't necessarily have to confine prayer to a certain type of prayer or to a certain way of praying. Praying Prayer can be more expansive than we even realize. It's an opportunity to connect us with God, ourselves, and with others. It helps us build community. It can be something on our hearts, in our thoughts. It does not have to be verbalized. It can be breath. It can be movement. Prayer is something that many of us around the globe are connected to, yet it still seems so elusive where many of us are still trying to unpack what prayer really is. Through prayer, we can be vulnerable with ourselves and with God. And ultimately, I believe that prayer can draw us closer to the creator, changing us as Pastor Josh preached about a couple of weeks ago, our path as I preached about last week, and certainly the atmosphere as I will continue to preach on today. So how many of you had the opportunity to attend our benefit concert on September 15th at Park Slope United Methodist Church? Just by a show of hands. Yep, a lot of us were able to go. Um, great, thank you for being there. Thank you for supporting. Um, if you did not have the opportunity to go, we actually have um, a digitized version that will be coming soon. So you can certainly go online and get your, your copy. But there was something, as Alicia talked about, very, very special in the atmosphere that night. So maybe it's because we all prayed that we would have a phenomenal time and phenomenal experience. Maybe it's because we were in a church, right? We worship in a theater space, and maybe some of us were sort of kind of happy to just get back to a church building. Maybe it's because we all rallied as a church community. We brought together our family and friends, and we were able to meet our goal. But there was so much energy in the space, so much joy, and we couldn't really quite figure out what it was. But ultimately, what I landed on was it was prayer that helped change the atmosphere. The choir was amazing. Pastor Angela led the choir to do some really amazing things. We had diversity in our music and in the repertoire. It was powerful. The atmosphere was one that was so joyful. So I do hope you get your copy. So, have you ever, though, stepped into a space and the energy was off? Didn't feel quite welcomed? Maybe you tried to say hello to someone and they put their head down where they didn't really want to speak to you. Maybe someone sort of seemed like they had an attitude because of how you were engaging or maybe even because the joy that you had, right? Maybe it was something 
so off-putting, you couldn't really put it into words. I've had that experience before where I've walked into a space, any number of spaces, and I felt like I wasn't welcomed there. Those types of things could actually put a damper on relationships, on building community, on building friendships. And when there's a heaviness in the atmosphere, it really takes a toll on our spirits. This week, I feel like, as Pastor Angela talked about, our spirits took a toll with everything going on in the world, and I thank God for the opportunity that we had to pray as a church community. However, I know many of us were praying individually. We're praying and we're looking for God to change the environment, to change the atmosphere. There's so much I don't know. There's so much I don't understand about the crises. There's so much I'm seeking to learn. But I know that with all of that, I continue to pray for peace. I continue to pray for all of the individuals who are struggling with their homes, whose homes have been destroyed, destroyed, whose lives have been upended. It seems like this storm that's happening, and let's be clear, this is one conflict that we're talking about, but there's so many conflicts around the globe happening, right? I would hope that we would continue to seek God even in our questioning and doubting and not understanding. But it seems like this crisis can be compared to a storm, a storm which has had devastating effects, devastating impact. There's a story in scripture where Jesus was with his disciples and they were in a boat and a storm took place and I pick up reading this particular story from Mark 4, verse 37. And a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with awe, and said to one another, who then is this, that even wind and sea obey him? I believe that this question that the disciples asked, teacher, do you not care if we perish, was actually a prayer. And this actually spoke to me because when I was growing up, I was taught not to question God, not to question scripture. And I see a, a question here that they're asking. And I don't see Jesus saying, well, you're wrong for asking this. I don't like the fact that you're asking this. You're being disrespectful asking this. What I see Jesus doing is answering their prayer. Jesus was able to calm the wind and calm the sea. And he asked, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? 
Believe in my power. I am able to do this for you. So I find beauty in the fact that our questioning could be an offering of prayer to God. And those prayers could help. Those questions as prayers could help shift the atmosphere. Jesus was able to calm the wind and the waves by commanding them to just be still. Jesus' presence made the difference in helping to shift the atmosphere. And Jesus' presence can continue to make a difference in our lives, even when it seems the storms are raging individually, in our communities, and worldwide. As we connect with God through prayer, it can be an opportunity to help shift the atmosphere in ways that we haven't even imagined or even tapped into. Last week, I referred to John O'Donohue's book, Eternal Echoes, Critical Reflections on Our Yearning to Belong. And I pick up with another quote in this book. And it says, your presence is always in a subtle flow. When you are happy and at peace, your presence is gentle and approachable. When you are worried or anxious, there is tension in your presence, and it closes and tightens. Some people have an open presence. They cannot hide anything. You know immediately what is haunting or delighting them. Jesus' presence made a difference with his friends, his followers, and I believe our presence can help make a difference in the lives of others, helping to shift the atmosphere and the very environment within which God has called us to do the works of God. Our presence can change people's mindset and ultimately the tone and the mood around us. It can bring goodness. It can bring healing. In the section on compassionate care in the book, in Trembling Boldness, Wisdom for Today from Ancient Jesus People. The authors are Natalie R. Perkins and Hal Tosic. It goes on to say, Tess rubbed her mama's back when she experienced pain and discomfort. It stirred in Tess a renewed understanding of care. Sure, this woman was caring for her mother, but she also cared about mama. Her compassion completely changed the energy in the space. Her presence changed the energy in the space. Maybe as a community of faith, we can help shift the atmosphere by not just caring about each other, but caring for each other. Now simply caring about each other can keep us in silos. It's keeps, it keeps us in our comfort zones, right? Where we might look at someone from a distance. But caring for each other allows us to break down any barriers that may exist between us. Simply caring about each other can keep us at a distance. Caring for each other brings us close so that we can help meet each other's needs as a community of faith. 
Perhaps this will happen as someone experiences the God in you, the God in each and every one of us. Maybe the atmosphere will shift as we acknowledge the presence of others rather than simply their existence. Perhaps our presence could be the answer to someone's prayer and lead to a shift in the atmosphere, an atmosphere where love continues to abound. Congresswoman from New York, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, says this, there is so much fear and hate, we must negate it with active, courageous love, amen? When my mom was in the final stages of her life, she was in hospice care. And she was in hospice care for about five months. And she was having a good time in hospice. She was praying for the hospice chaplain and dancing with the hospice nurse. However, the last two weeks of her life was a bit more critical. And we continued to be by her bedside and pray with her and sing in her presence. And the nurses that came in noted the atmosphere. They went on to say, there's something special about coming to your home. When we come into your space, we notice a difference. As soon as we walk in into your space, we feel the love and the energy in the atmosphere. We feel the level of connectedness you have for each other and that you have for your mother as she makes her transition. Presence is something you sense and know but cannot grasp. It engages us, but we can never capture its core. Our presence was able to make a difference, even to the staff coming in to care for my mom. Every week, as we come here to the roulette, we transform this space from a theater space, from a concert hall, to a place of prayer, to a place of worship, to a place where we edify God, to a place where we commune with each other, where we get to learn about people from different backgrounds and, and ethnicities and nationalities, from different states, from different cultures. This is a special place. And in the roulette, even in our virtual space, it's important to think about how our presence can continue to have a positive um, uh, impact on the lives of others. O'Donoghue writes in his book to continue to write about presence. Presence is the whole atmosphere of a person or a thing. Presence is more than the way a person walks, looks, or speaks. It's more than the shape of a tree or the color of a stone, yet it is a blend of all of these aspects. Presence is mainly the atmosphere of spirit that is behind them all and comes through them all. Maybe through prayer, our presence can help calm whatever storm is raging in our lives when we come into this space. Maybe as we offer this safe space, we can help people heal. We can help encourage people. We can lead people to a place of healing and restoration through our questions, through our prayer offerings, through our love. Maybe we can, each and every one of us, make a difference in this environment, in this atmosphere, 
as we continue to care for and pray for one another. I close with 1 Peter 4, verses 8 through 11. And it's a beautiful scripture that many of us may be familiar with, but there's something about the Message Bible and how this particular interpretation has touched me. I pray it touches you as well. 1 Peter 4, verses 8 through 11. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything, encores to the end of time. Oh, yes. And the people of God said, amen, amen. So here at Forefront, after the sermon, we have a number of ways that we're able to respond to uh, the sermon. Uh, one of the ways is through prayer. And if you'd like in-person prayer and someone to pray with you, we have our prayer corner in the back. So we would invite you to spend some time, if you'd like, um, in our prayer corner. In addition, those of you who are online are welcome to drop your prayer requests in the chat. While we won't be able to read them live today, we will read them and we will be praying with and for you. And another way that we can respond to the preach word today is through communion. So we're going to prepare our hearts for communion at this time. Our communion, um, and I would invite those of you who are in our virtual community to gather your items for communion. Remember, it all honors God. But here at the roulette, we actually have a little chalice, and our chalice has a gluten-free wa wafer, and we have alcohol-free juice so that our children can receive communion with us. They're on their way upstairs now, and so that we can be in solidarity with those who may be in recovery. So all are welcome to come to our communion table at this time. You are welcome to come now. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.